0: Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
1: Two seconds to go. Two-point game. You know the ball's going to go to Jimmy Butler somehow, some way. Over the top yes! to
2: Butler. Jimmy Butler
1: ties the game with a half second to go. Jimmy Butler sending us to OT Get the ball to Jimmy and get out the way time. Rises, fire, knocks it down. Jimmy Buckets closing out the number one seed. Whatever it takes to win, it could be forty, it could be fifty. I got to be able to do it all. You're some nutty, kid.
3: Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews live from Los Angeles.
4: My goodness, there were some good games last night. Welcome to NBA Today. He's Kendrick Perkins. She is Roz Gold on Wooday joining us in studio. I'm Malika Andrews. Zach Lowe, Brian Windhorst. They are going to be with us in just a little bit. We have a lot to get to tonight. Uh, I mean, we have the Knicks advancing for the first time since 2012. Okay. We got the Grizzlies and the Warriors pushing to a game six. But we also need to start with the game of the night, the biggest story in the NBA. Because did you guys see Crazy. what Jimmy did to the <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks? We're going to take you to Pfizer Forum right now where it all went down. Because we are sitting here yesterday saying, you know what? This is going to be the game. The Bucks are going to take it. The momentum may or may not swing. Jimmy Butler had other plans. We're going to get to that play that you can see there in just a little bit. Entering the fourth quarter, Miami trailed by 16 points. And then behind Jimmy Butler, Park, they came roaring back.
3: Absolutely. And look, getting to his fight, I was wondering when were the Bucks going to get out of their drop coverage? Never did. But this is what Jimmy Butler does so well right here. Cutting and moving without the basketball. Finishing around the basket. Mixing it up. Setting picks and diving in the paint. And then letting them know about it. Letting them know about
4: it. chirping there to Drew Holiday. Once again, elevates. Hits the three. Gets it to go. Tied up now at 111. And then four-point game. Milwaukee up. Miami comes back the other way. Gabe Vincent hits mm. the three. Tough bucket with 8.4 left one point game at this point and then again just a little bit of sloppy basketball here by Miami initially that foul was called against Lowry it would be reversed we have a jump ball uh, Giannis saying I don't want it he doesn't want to be fouled in that moment Chris Middleton saves it so the Bucks they get an opportunity here one more look at this Chris Middleton diving into the scorers table to make sure it stays in bounds and gets to Drew Holiday and then 2.1 seconds left here. Miami has an opportunity to tie the game. Looking, finds Jimmy Butler. Was it a push? Well, the refs weren't going to call it that. Jimmy Butler wanted this moment. He wanted the play. And Eric Spolster explained exactly how it came to fruition. As Jimmy says, let me hear you to the Milwaukee crowd.
2: We've practiced, you know, a variation of that play with a bunch of different guys. Um, And I was going to do a different version of it. And he just said, no, let me be that guy. Uh, And I just said, "Uh, okay, but what if we can't get that pass? And he said, I'll get it. Don't worry about it.
4: That's what you say to me, Perk. I'll get it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> and Himi Butler said, I'm him. I got you. Even though he doesn't want to be referred to as "Himmy Butler, he was making Himi Butler moves. Ooh,
3: beautiful. Getting to uh, the stare down to so Drew Holiday.
4: Woo. Giannis gets the rebound. Bucks down two final seconds. Should he call a timeout, Mike Budenholzer? What about here? Maybe here. What about now when Grayson Allen has the ball? Grayson Allen driving, tries to get a shot off. We'll and any- the Miami Heat uh. walk away they with the win. Home, would you? Let's take a listen to Eric draft after the game.
1: My teammates, they need me to be that way right now. I will continue to be that way right now. Um, whatever it takes to win, it could be forty, it could be fifty, it could be
2: zero and twelve assists. I got to be able to do it all. I've said a lot about how I feel about Jimmy. You know, the, he is us and we are him, and I just respect him so much as being a. Such a unique world class uh, elite competitor. You know, a lot of guys play the game of basketball in this league. He competes to win. That's a different language. And he's desperate and urgent and maniacal and sometimes psychotic uh, uh, about the will to try to win. And he'll make everybody in the building feel it. Uh, And that's why. he is us and we are him. That's, that's the way we operate as well, and, and sometimes uh, the psychotic meets the psychotic. The
4: psychotic meets the psychotic. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but playoff Jimmy fully activated in the last two games to close out the Bucks. He scored 98 points over the final two games of the series, making him the first Heat player with back-to-back 40-point games, playoff games. That is, he's the fifth player in NBA postseason history to score at least 98 points over a two-game span. And the first since Michael Jordan. You may have heard of that guy in 1993. So there, there's so much to get into in all of this Perk. I, we will, but I want to stick to the heat side of this first. What stood out to you about Miami Park?
3: If we do the unthinkable, would it make us Ooh. look crazy? Ooh. Okay. Lets I'm ready. <laughs> okay. And that's exactly what Jimmy Buckets was doing. Was ready. Ready for the moment, and he capitalized in great fashion. When you think about what he did, and it wasn't what he did, it was how he did it. Taking on the number one seed, Drew Holiday, talking smack. He actually posted pictures of deers like it was hunting season and went out and delivered in great fashion. When you look at what he did in game four, dropping 56, with that huge comeback last night, taking over the fourth quarter, and then he letting Drew Holiday know about it. Like this is one of the best perimeter defenders, if not in the NBA. When I look at the performance he had this series, it is one of the greatest performances in NBA history. Averaging a 38 piece throughout the series to knock off the Bucks, and you said it last night. You tweeted it last night. The first play-in team to ever advance in the first in the playoffs. Yep. Come on now what we talking
5: about And you know as a group of media people are feeling really stunned or shocked about the Bucks you know being eliminated so yeah. early but if you ask the heat They're not surprised at all. I've been on the court and covering them all season long. I actually spoke to Spo at the end of the season, and Mm -hmm. he said, We are a dangerous team. If you look at our record and you think that's who we are, you are going to be surprised in a terrible way. And it wasn't just about Jimmy. You talk about Jimmy being ready. The bench was ready, right? Like Spo told me, We have X Factors. The word he used was ignitable players. Mm. Don't let Max Struess or Kyle Lowry or Duncan Robinson see the ball go through the net a few times. Vincent was big last game. So all those guys stepped up to support the heroic performance we saw from Jimmy Butler. So that team's been dangerous, and the Heat are certainly not surprised about what they just accomplished. The Heat was
4: turned all the way up, and they were cooking because you mentioned the bench. When, when we saw Tyler Hero get hurt, it was sort of like, okay, how much life is that going to take out of Miami? It wasn't a whole lot, particularly when you get 42-8-4 and four from Jimmy Butler. That's tied for the most points in a series-clinching win in Heat playoff history. But then there's the other side of all this. So let's take a listen to head coach Mike Budenholzer on the end of regulation and overtime for the Bucks.
0: You had a timeout with half a second left and you didn't call it. What was the thought process there?
6: Yeah, we need to call a timeout there.
0: Uh, and then in overtime, I know you like to play without calling the timeout. Was there any part of that possession where you thought maybe we're not getting something we need to take a timeout?
6: No, um, you know... Uh, Giannis attacked. Giannis got the ball to Chris. Chris attacked. Um, you know that's how we always play. Um, it's been very good for us, and um, you know we weren't able to, to convert it tonight.
7: Would you have liked to have defended Jimmy more one on one? Yes. Out of respect, you gotta you gotta let the coach, you know, make the adjustment, and uh, we have our best defender on him. But obviously, this conversation with Drew. Uh, whenever he gets tired, I can you know take him. But uh, he's so competitive, uh, plays so hard, uh, and he wanted to take the challenge. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, I, I wish I could. Uh, I wish I could guard him more, for sure.
4: Welcoming in our senior writer Zach Lowe into the conversation because, Zach, I'm, I'm flabbergasted. I mean, still, this morning, and the lack of timeouts, the fact that the Bucks led by double digits, entering the fourth last two games, right? And then the Heat had lost, the Heat had lost 51 straight games when they entered the fourth trailing by double digits, and then they just won twice in a row. Can you help me here? How did this happen?
2: Can I
6: help you? Please. No, I need someone <laughs> to help me. Look, when a number one seed at home with a two-time MVP facing elimination Loses a 16-point lead in 12 minutes or less. Two things happen. The trailing team plays its butts off, and you guys covered that. We might never see a player play a series any better than Jimmy Butler just did on both ends of the floor. But the leading team also collapses, and there's just no way to sugarcoat it. This was a complete collapse from the Milwaukee Bucks on offense, and it's the kind of loss that you're never the same after. Mm. The Bucks will never be the same again after coming apart like this. To not call a timeout at the end of regulation. To not get a shot off at the end of the game. To hot potato the ball out of bounds because you don't want to get fouled and almost throw your season away in the process. Giannis fouled Max Struess on a three point shot when the Bucks were still within two. We didn't even show that. The shot selection down the stretch in the half court is a movie that we've seen before. So letting Jimmy Butler go off without double-teaming him, without adjusting, without doing very much in the the way of adjustments, it's a movie we've seen before. This is a reckoning for the Bucs. Mortality comes for you fast in the NBA. Chris Middleton has a player option. He's 32. Mm. Brooke Lopez is a free agent. He's 35. Drew Holiday will be extension eligible next season. He's 32. There's not a lot of young talent in the pipeline. This is an all-time jaw-on-the-floor Stretch of basketball from the Bucks last night. There's just no other way to put it.
4: You just touched on it, so I do want to bring Brian Windhorst into the conversation because the consequences can extend so far beyond just this game. Brian, what, what's next for this Milwaukee Bucks team? Oh. It looks like, Brian, we might have to wait a little bit longer just as he deals with his his microphone. But, Roz, when you look at the future for Milwaukee here, what do you
8: see?
5: Well, I see a Milwaukee team that, you know, Has all their eggs in this basket, and for Mm -hmm. me, as somebody who was like on sidelines for this series and covering it, I mean, I was actually on my way to my supposed to be going to Miami to work game six. (laughs) Jimmy (laughs) put an end to that, and I'm glad to be here with you guys today. We are too. But I was really just focusing, like I was compelled by the matchup between Jimmy Butler and Drew Holiday, Mm. and I there was a lot of familiarity in that matchup. And Drew is certainly an excellent defector defender. It wasn't for a lack of effort, but. It seemed like they really had each other's card and that didn't work out for Drew. It was Jimmy's advantage. So in speaking with Drew, he understood that it was uh, Jimmy was going to get to the basket, that he was going to get to the free throw line. He even said he admitted that Jimmy was stronger, Mm -hmm. that he could cut in front and behind him. And for me, like you hear at the end of the game on this play that set the game to overtime, Jimmy had familiarity and the ability to anticipate and predict Mm. what was coming from Drew Holiday. He said it wasn't gonna shoot the gap, that he was gonna get physicality. And therefore he knew that Drew was gonna be trailing him if he was able to turn the corner. So he was able to call and ask for that play and that ability to feel comfortable within a matchup that is tough was bad for the Bucks. And usually you see a star player, they said we're gonna throw different bodies on you, keep him uncomfortable, show him crowds and bodies. A lot of times, Drew was one on one in a situation where Jimmy's on a heater. He played 47 minutes last game, Mm -hmm. plus he's gotta run your offense on the other side. I think fatigue could have been a factor too. Let's zoom back out. Brian,
4: I understand that your mic may be working now. What do you think this all means for Milwaukee?
0: Well, they were facing a very difficult situation this summer, even if they had won the title, because they have, as Zach mentioned, they have guys in their 30s who who need to get paid, and they have Giannis, who's in his 20s, who has a contract extension situation. I think it is unlikely... Giannis extends his contract this summer. He does have two years left. But with everything that's going on with the team, and considering that there is new ownership, that makes it very difficult. And the Bucks are headed into the repeater tax. This is what happens to teams that are contenders year over year, and they spend. So everything on this team is about to get more expensive. Plus... Yeah. We have new rules coming in that is going to limit the way they can improve this roster going forward. They are a late-stage contender with a superstar in his 20s. right? And Malika, there are teams in this league watching very closely to see what happens with the Bucks this summer, notwithstanding a decision potentially on Mike Budenholzer.
4: Right, because all in all, Milwaukee fell short. But that's just what it is at the end of the day. It's short of what we all sort of expected from what we've seen from the Bucks all year long. But Giannis gave a, a really insightful answer when the Athletics' Eric name asked him how he's judging this team's success. Take
8: a listen. Do you view this season as a failure? Oh my God. Uh, okay,
7: because I'm not that up. A... You asked me the same question last year, Eric. Okay. Uh, do you get do you get a promotion every year on your job? No, right? So every year you work is a failure. Yes or no? No. Every every year you work you work towards something, towards a goal, right? Which is to get a promotion, to be able to uh, take care of your family, to be able, I don't know, um, provide the house for them or take care of your parents. You work towards a goal. It's not a failure. It's steps to success, you know, and if you've never, I don't know, I don't want to, I don't want to make it personal. So, there's always steps to it. You know, Michael um, Jordan played 15 years, won six championships. The other nine years was a failure? That's what you're telling me? No, I'm asking you a question. Yes or no? No, I mean, I don't think so, no? Okay, exactly. So, why are you asking me that question? It's a wrong question. There's no failure in sports. You know, there's good days, bad days. Some days, some days you are able to uh, be successful, some days you're not. Some days it's your turn, some days it's not your turn. And that's what sports about. You don't always win. Some other, other people are going to win. And this year, somebody else is going to win. Similar as that. We're going to come back next year, try to be better, try to build good habits, try to um, play better, not have a 10-day stretch with uh, playing bad basketball. You know, and hopefully we can win a championship. So 50 years from 1971 to 2021 that we didn't win a championship, it was 50 years of failures. No, it was not. It was steps to it. You know, and we were able to win one, hopefully win another one.
4: Perf, your reaction?
3: My reaction is, is that, are we serious right now? Is Giannis serious right now? This was a complete failure by the Milwaukee Bucks. You were the number one seed, the best team in the league, the favorites to win it all and you lost to the eight seed who got in through the play-in tournament, who's missing their third best player in Tyler Hero. Also, Victor Oladipo went out. So when I think about it and I'm looking across social media, I'm seeing everybody saying, oh yeah, Giannis, right on. Preach, he's the prime example of what we need as the face of the league. I love this for life. Well, we're talking about sports. Sports is about competing. And when you have expectations and you don't come close to reaching those expectations, you fail. And there's no other way around it. If it was any other player in LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry that had the number one seed with the best team and got upset by the eight seed, we would be having a different conversation no matter what he said at the podium. So I look at Giannis and, oh, he's the good guy. But was he the good guy when he was making a joke about KD, saying about leading the team and he'll show him? And I know it was comedy, but sometimes the truth lies inside of jokes. So at the end of the day, I'm not buying that, And nobody else should be buying that, And we shouldn't be. Way to go, Giannis, on that speech. I'm not rolling.
4: We're gonna get back to this a little bit later in the show because there's a lot there. I appreciate the response from Giannis. I appreciate the question from Eric, but we have so many games to get to here on NBA Today, including, I mean, John Morant and Desmond Bain, they kept their playoff hopes alive last night, joined some elite company along the way. Find out what they did that's coming up next. Plus, we are gonna stick in the West because the Dubs, they got a much needed, and where did they win, Perk? Was it at home? Oh, no, sir, it was on the road for the Bay Area. So are they going to close out in six? I know Perk has some thoughts on that one. And say it with me. Go, New York, go, New York, go. Come on, Perk, I know you got that riddle. The Knicks advance, we discuss. NBA Today we will be right back.
0: Now let's talk about the play of the week. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
6: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
7: WNBA player Brittany
6: Griner is being detained in Russia. We will not stop hoping for the day when we can welcome her home safely. We
5: We are are
6: BG. Brittany Griner
8: on her way home, back to the United States.
5: It's just a happy day for me and my family, so I'm going to smile right now.
8: (laughs) I want to thank everyone. It feels so good to be here. Let's keep fighting to bring home every American still detained overseas.
4: One year ago, at this time, Brittany Griner had been wrongfully detained in Russia for over two months with little hope or information on when she might return to the United States. And throughout our coverage of Griner's detainment, which ended up lasting over nine months, we often shared how many days Griner had been detained. But today, on her 140th day back home. Griner spoke for the first time.
8: First off, I just thank y'all for covering me and um, all the exposure that you you gave me, my family, um, to get me home. Uh, I really appreciate it. That, that coverage was, was much needed. Um, I would like to encourage all of you to be at our first game as well. You know, I'm no stranger. To, uh, to hard times. So, <laughs> see you crying. You made me cry. <laughs> um, just digging deep. Honestly, you know, uh, you're going to be faced with adversities um, throughout your life. Uh, this was a pretty big one.
4: What were the emotions like the first time you got your hands on a basketball again and,
8: and getting back on the court? So, um, the first time I had a basketball in my hand uh, actually was in, uh, in San Antonio. Um, it was good, it was good. Uh, you know, I got some shots up. I mean, I was in some chucks, so I was in some low top chucks. You know, just, I was outside, and, you know, like real, I thought I was like 16 again. I mean, my ankles did not like it, <laughs> uh, but uh, it was good. I, I, I threw it down just to see, you know, I was like. Let me just see if I can still throw this thing down. And I did. You have to ask. That's a good question for my wife. I ask her how it felt getting dunked on. Oops. Did I, did I say that? Did I say that out loud?
4: <laughs> Welcoming in our NBA and WNBA analysts and reporters, Roz on wooday joining us once again, and Andrea Carter making her NBA Today debut. And Andrea, I want to start with you. Griner. I mean, clearly full of gratitude, understandably emotional at times. We heard her laugh a little, too. What did she say, though, about when she actually is going to be getting on the court again?
9: Yeah, I mean, first of all, thank you so much for having me, Malika, and hey, Ross. And it was so special to hear from BG, and you mentioned her bright energy, but she talked a lot about the journey getting back to the court. And one thing that she said that really resonated with me a little bit is, as an athlete, you always want to build off of your last performance. You know, you want to pick up where you left off. And for BG, that was in 2021 when she Mm. was playing in the WNBA finals against Chicago when she was averaging 21 points and and 9.5 rebounds. So she talked about how hard it was to resist the urge to want that version of herself back immediately. She said there were some really hard times on the court but she said she's felt like she turned a corner and it's been so great and liberating is what she said to get back to her craft and working on her craft and you all know how Perk was just singing Unthinkable (laughs) by Alicia Keys. She's already done, Brittany Griner has already done the unthinkable in coming back this season so it was really special to hear her talk about that journey to getting back to her craft and being that dominant player that she is.
4: Andrea, thank you so much. And Roz, I mean, returning to the court, it also means returning to her team, the Phoenix Mercury. How is this experience shaping them, shaping this group?
5: Yeah, last season, uh, I was sideline reporting a lot for the WNBA and covered the Mercury, and it was so heavy, Malika. It was much more than just basketball. Her teammates, you know, carried the burden of having to answer about Brittany Garner. They really were talk- having political discussions while BG was e- existing in unimaginable realities over in Russia. Right. Um, you know, that, they also had a brand new head coach in Vanessa Nygaard. So, you know, most coaches are just trying to get their plays in. Mm. She's navigating an international, you know, tra- travesty. Um, Um, There were public tensions between Diana Taurasi and Skylar Diggins Smith. Um, There were injuries. Mm -hmm. There was just so much to navigate that was heavy on the season and I expect this year it'll continue to be heavy, but in a different way like BG's got a book coming out. She's going to have to talk about her experience and and she's going to have to figure out how to come back after 10 months off from the game and but. You saw in the press conference, she was laughing, she was crying, there's a lot of emotions. I I truly hope that they can somehow channel that into something usable for the team and then fight for the joy, protect BG in this time. But you know, the Mercury last season and this season will have to wear the burden of doing more than just playing basketball simply because the situation right. is what it is, not to mention security issues around the game because this this brings up a lot of emotion around the world. Mm. Well, and another, another thing that Brittany Griner mentioned in her news conference
4: today was whether or not she plans to play overseas in the future, something that we see a lot of WNBA athletes do. And she said that she has no plans to do so completely understandably after this experience that she has had. Still to come, though, on NBA Today, We're heading back to New York. I'm not going to sing it in Alicia Keys' voice. I feel like Perk already handled that for us. But round two is set. So will it be orange and blue skies, baby? As Stephen A. would say. That was my best Stephen A. Perk makes his pick in this series. Plus, the Warriors and the Lakers, they're one win away from advancing. So which series? is going to go to seven. Our panel dives in ahead of tomorrow's games. And newly crowned Rookie of the Year, Paolo Bancaro, he is joining the show. High expectations for him heading into next year. All that and more. We'll be right back.
6: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple.
4: take a look at what's going on in the west starting with the lakers and the grizzlies because john morant and company came roaring back kendrick perkins to make this a 3-2 series.
3: They absolutely did, and I thought they did a great job of actually pushing the pace. The Lakers could not keep up, but look at John Morant, just relentless to the offensive glass. Best offensive rebounding guard in the
5: league.
4: It looked like his hand was potentially bothering him a little bit less. The Lakers, though, mounted a little bit of a comeback here when Anthony Davis was on the floor. Three-point game at this point. But then Memphis, once again, just had an answer for everything. It felt like um, Ja gets the role.
3: He says he's too small. The <laughs> Andrew Russell got to do better defensively. But I just thought the Grizzlies—they <laughs> felt off. They, they, uh, they was off the crowd of the home crowd, and they had the energy. That's why they was live in Notre Dame.
4: So it's a one-point game, and Anthony Davis heads to the bench. He had 31 points, 19 rebounds, and yet. Not in the game. So Jaron Jackson Jr. goes to work here, blows a kiss to the crowd. Once again, the Grizzlies get, fight for the board. Xavier Tillman dishes it back out. Desmond Bain, you cannot leave that man in the corner like that.
3: Absolutely. And Tillman has been huge, especially at home, attacking the glass and great find by him.
4: It just felt like a little... Too little, too late when Anthony Davis came back into the game. Memphis gets the win, 116-99. So the series now shifts back to Los Angeles. In game five, it flipped when AD went to the bench. Four minutes, 10 seconds to go. That was in the third quarter. Then the Grizzlies led 75-74, ended the quarter on a 19-2 run, and that all but ended the game, right? Let's keep it pushing to the Golden State Warriors because championships are in their DNA. Steph Curry getting set in Golden 1 Arena but we were a little bit concerned here Roz because this is on the road where the Warriors have not been good here. Draymond Green came off the bench once again.
5: Yeah I felt like this win was a significant one for the rest of this series and if they advance take them all the way on a nice run in playoffs. They needed this identity confidence building win on the road. One point game,
4: Steph Curry, Davion Mitchell, by the way, has done a fantastic job right? all series long. It is exhausting, I imagine, to guard Steph Curry. Clay coming off the screen,
5: finds his spot, elevates over Sabonis. It felt like game six, Clay arrived a little bit early. Everybody was chipping in. It was Clay, it was Wiggins, it was Draymond, it was rebounds from Looney, it was Steph with the with the with dagger, and it wasn't about a flurry of threes. These were tough half-court execution plays from a team with championship expectations. I will say on the
4: Kings side though one of the reasons why it was so close late for Sacramento is the effort of Malik Monk. He was just everywhere for them, but Andrew Wiggins elevates, gets it to go, 5-point game. Once again, Malik finds a bonus for the slam, 3-point game. This is when I'm biting my nails just a little bit, but putting Keegan Murray in a spin cycle, this would all but do it. And just for good measure, Steph Curry gets to his spot, looking, lobs it up and in and one. That would be the game and Steph lets the crowd know it. So the Warriors championship DNA was on full display, right? Down the stretch of game 5. Help them pull off a crucial road win. Golden State has won a road game in 20 20- eight straight playoff series that extends the longest streak by any team in NBA history. But it all boils down to this as I'm rejoined by our full panel here. The Grizzlies, they win. They force a game six. The Warriors, they are one win away from advancing. So, Perk, I'm going to start with you here. We heard Roz say that she thinks the Warriors may get this done in six. Which series is going to seven?
3: (laughs) Neither. We won't have a game seven. Matter of fact, I'm tapping out on the Kings. Last night, what I witnessed out of the Golden State Warriors, they snatched their souls. And I can't say enough about six-man Draymond Green. Mm. Coming in off the bench, it has been huge, and it's, it's actually benefiting the Warriors. I, what, 21 points last night? And then when I think about Looney, can we talk about him anchoring that defense on the glass Basically just manhandling Sabonis, letting him know that there's levels to this, and Steph Curry and Clay with their shot-making. And I thought Andrew Wiggins all night long did a nice job of hounding De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox is talented enough Mm. that he's going to get his,
4: but I'm waving the white flag. I'm tapping out. All right, so you're going Warriors in six, Lakers in six. Brian, where are we going for you?
0: Yeah, uh, I like like both teams' chances to close out in six at home, but I think the Lakers are in a little bit more tenuous position. Malika, sometimes we say LeBron looks like he's 28, not 38. Mm. Last night he looked 38, and they've got a real tough turnaround. They didn't get back to L.A. until 1 this morning. Very little time to rest. And look, the the, the Grizzlies figured something out last night. Taylor Jenkins took Dylan Brooks out, put in Luke Kennard, and changed the spacing. Kennard was plus 26. I think you'll see that if Kennard's healthy. He did have a shoulder stinger, but if Kennard's healthy, I think you'll see that, and it might be a wrinkle that allows the Grizzlies, who are much younger, to have maybe a little bit of an edge coming back to L.A. Well, LeBron did take
4: responsibility for that. He said, I played like a word I can't say on TV, but he vowed to be better in Game 6, and they're going to need to be because they do not want to go back to Memphis for a Game Seven added miles. You just don't want that. But it all goes down tomorrow night right here on ESPN and the ESPN app. We have Kings, Warriors. That's at eight Eastern, five Pacific. And then the Grizz and the Lakers, Golden State and LA, both up three games to two, looking to close it out. Who is going to get it done? and the Countdown gets it all started at seven o'clock Eastern. All right, it's almost time, New York fans. You've waited patiently. The Knicks. They are moving on. So we're going to take a first look. At I that see you, Heat series, game one, it gets started on Sunday. More NBA
5: Today after and this. And I
3: say that word, you'll get called the principal <laughs>
6: The Knicks giving them cavalier treatment. For the first time in 10 years, Knicks are in the second round of the playoffs. An amazing bounce back season continues.
1: We get to play more basketball. but whenever we can do that, this is another opportunity to get better and uh, move forward and um, continue to see where we can go.
0: Woo! One
3: down, two more to go. A bigger final, baby. A bigger final. Go, New York. Go, New York. Go New York, go New York. Ah! <laughs>
2: Orange and blue. Yeah.
4: the Knicks advanced to the second round for the first time since 2013 and Vegas has them favored in their matchup with the Heat the Knicks won three or four meetings during the regular season but all four games were decided by nine or less points here so the Knicks they haven't made the Eastern Conference Finals since 2000 that was when Aaliyah's try again was the number one song gladiator it topped the box office so Brian What's it going to take for the Knicks to get back there? Do you think they can?
0: Well, they are waking up today, Malika, with home court advantage in this round. Not having home court in the first round, home court in the second round. We do not see that off. We could see it in the West, two with Golden State. The most important thing in the short term is Julius Randle's ankle. He really didn't have a very effective series against the Cavs other than in the first game. Re-sprained it last night. His health is going to be very important. But if you watch this Knicks team... They dominated every single matchup and every single phase of that series with the Cavs. And I don't think they played their best basketball. Emmanuel quickly didn't shoot the ball that well. Quentin Grimes got injured, Jalen Brunson had it was very effective, but at moments where he wasn't that efficient, um, they, Josh Hart suffered a sprained ankle. They can actually take their game to another level. And the mm. chance to get to start this at home, um, even though the Heat are a team that is very experienced, the way that they dominated the Cavs rebounding the ball – The window is there for them to do it again to the Heat if the Heat aren't more prepared than Cleveland.
4: Perk, I want to get your response to to what you think is going to happen in this series, but I also want to give you your flowers Mm -hmm. because I I think you saw this coming. You called it. This was back before the All-Star break. This is what you tweeted. This was January. I'm legit worried about the Caps. They're going to win regular season games because they have a lot of talent, but their inconsistency on both ends of the floor is going to be the reason they're going to be a first-round exit. Carry the hell on. So, safe to say, you're not surprised, just disappointed. Well, what, and what do you think of this Knicks heat matchup? Well,
3: well, two things. I'm proud of myself for actually writing that tweet. I mean, typing out that tweet, correct grammar. Yeah, no, the no board. typos. Secondly, I appreciate the flowers, <laughs> but I love food. Um, <laughs> and third, I saw it coming. Let me explain why. I criticized Evan Mobley on our show and i told him i told the calves needed more out of him what people were on me about oh what you talking about this is what i'm talking about he got exposed also what i saw out of the calves was i saw donovan mitchell dominating the ball, taking a lot of shots, which took away from the growth of everybody else. And when you're going into the postseason, you got to have everybody feeling confident. I didn't see that in Jared Allen. I didn't see that in Evan Mobley. Darius Garland at that time took over, but eventually this team had become the Donovan Mitchell show, and you're not going to win like that when the team doesn't have confidence. So what ended up happening is that the Knicks end up punching them in the mouth, They got physical with them. That was the most important thing, because the Knicks didn't shoot the ball well. Mm. They just got physical and junked the game up, and that's what ended up happening, you know? (laughs) But I like when I'm right.
4: I like when you're right, too, Kendrick Perkins. I really do. I appreciate being able to give you your flowers, and I'll text fixins and make sure we can get you a plate. All right, coming up here on NBA Today, we have a very special guest joining us, Paolo Caro. He will be joining the show after the break.
1: I'm Paolo Bancaro, and you're watching NBA Today.
3: With the first pick,
6: the Orlando Magic select, Paolo Bancaro from Duke University. 3, 2, 1,
2: Test plate. Bancaro to
6: the rack. Woo! muscles it in. Bancaro way up and throws it down. That was a terrific pass. Bancaro throws it down. Bancaro back to Paolo. That is so smooth.
1: Magic fans, it's P5. Just got Rookie of the Year announced. Really can't believe it, man. I just want to say thank you to all the fans, all the support this year. You guys was real ones all year. Next year big things is coming, man. This ain't the finish.
4: We now welcome in the 2023 Rookie of the Year, Paolo Bancaro. Paulo, it's always good to have you. Congratulations.
1: Thank you, Malika. Thank you for having me on here.
4: Absolutely, I got. It. I mean, is the is the bling around your neck what you did to celebrate? What did you do to celebrate the award?
1: Um, just have my family out here, friends out here, mom and dad, sister made the trip. Um, so just spending time with them and just kind of reminiscing on you know the past year. It's been crazy.
4: It has been. As you look back on this past year, what, what is the single thing that you were most proud of in your rookie season?
1: I think. Uh, For me, just the amount we were able to improve as a team just to be a part of that and just see the growth that we had throughout the season and then just have a level of consistency, I think, for me. Obviously, there was a lot I feel like I could have done better, but just Mm. kept a a solid level of consistency throughout the year, and um, so I'm proud of myself for that.
4: I got to say, when I look back on your rookie year, one thing that stands out is – you let it go right out of the gates. I mean, I'm talking about that dunk over Corey Joseph. How did that set the tone in your very first game for just the rest of the year?
1: Yeah, for me, that set the tone. Just, you know, that's that's, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to come out in that first game and have a strong showing, you know, send a message and um, and be able to build upon it, you know. Part of that was just helping build my confidence. You know, just showing everybody what I could do. Obviously, being the number one pick, it was a lot of expectations, Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of things people expected out of me, and uh, I just wanted to live up to it and exceed it and uh, put on a show as well.
4: Let's talk about this year's number one pick because the Magic have the sixth best odds to land the number one pick, who we all expect right to be Victor Wembenyama. What would adding a talent like that do to this team?
1: I mean, if we were able to add that guy, uh, it would I think it would take this team to another level. Mm. Uh, that guy's uh, a player who I don't think people, many people have seen before in terms of the height, the skill, uh, the movements, just how he's able to move at that size. It, it really don't make sense when you watch it. So, you know, whatever team that gets him is going to be lucky. But, you know, if we get him, um, I think it's going to cause a lot of problems for this league.
4: Mm. Well, especially when you consider the fact that you're eight top scorers. On this Magic team, they are all 25 or younger. So when we look at the future of the league, when we look at who has the brightest futures in this league, where would you put your Orlando Magic team?
1: Yeah, I think I think we're right there at the top. Mm. Um, having that confidence in the next year, I mean, sky's the limit for us. Like you said, everyone's young, everyone's hungry. Um, I don't think anyone outside of a couple guys who are older have have experienced the playoffs and what yeah. that's like. So um, we're hungry to get there. That's what we want. You know, a lot of expectations for year two, but it's just going to bring the best out of us.
4: You mentioned the playoffs, and Jamal Mosley has done so many great things with this group. But one thing that I thought was really interesting that he did is last season he brought young players to the playoffs to experience that environment, to sit in the stands, to feel the crowd, to feel the energy, to feel that intensity. What plans do you have, if any, to sort of soak in what's happening right now, even though you're not a part of it on the floor, to better prepare yourself for the goals next season?
1: Yeah, um... Yeah, me and Mullers has already been talking about what games we <laughs> want to go to, what series we're thinking about heading to. Um, I know I got invited to the NBA Finals, so I plan to accept that and uh, definitely check that out. You watch the playoffs and immediately, I mean, you can tell it's just a different brand of basketball. It's a lot slower, a lot more physical, a lot more intense, the crowd, mm-hmm. the opponents, you know, drawing back and forth. Like, everything's just heightened to another level. You know, we got to get there. We got to earn our spot and get there. It's not going to be easy. No, no team is going to lay down and hand it to us. Definitely want to make them playoffs. That's mm. the biggest thing for us, um, and I think we can do it too. We just got to stay together and, um, you know, be locked in.
4: Stay together. You set the expectations high with that dunk in your first game last season. Can't wait to see what you do next season. Paolo, thank you so much for spending some time with us on NBA Today, and we'll see you at the finals.
1: Yes, ma'am. Thank you for having me on here. I'm still. pop no pop.
4: Paulo was the number one pick in last year's NBA draft. Find out who goes first in the NFL draft tonight. We'll have every pick once again on ESPN, along with our usual expert analysis. It also is available on the NFL Network, and ABC's coverage focuses on the prospect's journey. Three days live on Deportes, ESPN Radio, and the app. NBA Today will be back in 60 seconds. Oh, I remember That's the week. I mean, right? That's Good job. <laughs> <laughs>
7: Do you view this season as a failure? (sighs) Oh my god. Every year you work, you work towards something, towards a goal. It's not a failure, it's steps to success. There's always steps to it. There's no failure in sports. You know there's good days, bad days. Some days you are able to be successful, some days you're not. Some days it's your turn, some days it's not your turn. And that's what sport's about, you don't always win. And this year somebody else is gonna win. Similar to that, we're gonna come back next year, try to be better, try to build good habits. Hopefully we can win the championship.
4: So, the Bucks are just the latest one seed to fall to an eight seed. The first was the 1994 Sonics, who got taken out by Dikembe Matumbo six blocks per game in the series. The Nuggets entered the series as plus 1,400 to win. And the next is the 99 Knicks. They take down the Heat in the lockout shortened season. Allen Houston made the game winner in the final seconds to stamp the victory. New York lost in the finals that year. And then it's the We Believe Warriors. They took down the 67 win average in that. 2007 first round and of oh. course we got the Dirk chair that legend went down in that one and then in 2011 the Grizzlies they were able to take advantage of the Spurs and the paint behind Zach Randolph, Mark Gasol in the first round Huge moment for the Grizzlies, winning their first playoff series in team history. And then the next year, the 76ers, they defeated the Bulls in the first round. That was after Derrick Rose tore his ACL in game one. Drew Holiday led the Sixers in scoring during that series with 18 per game. But Drew, of course, was on the flip side this time. The Bucks fell to Jimmy Butler. He willed Miami to victory. Butler averaged over 37 points. And the Heat move on. Oh, hostile. For the sixth time, the Heat and Knicks are going to face off in a playoff series. They played four straight years, 1997 to 2000. All four series, they went the distance. The Heat won the most recent meeting in 2012 in five games. So Kendrick Perkins, we've talked a lot about the Bucks. We've talked a lot about Giannis's really interesting sound from last night. I, I don't fully agree with you I see where you're coming from on it being a failure in terms of what they set out to do but what I appreciated was that Giannis it made me think a little bit right about my own failures what you set out for all of that in life so I, I thought that was really interesting but for you Perk I know you are already having your sight set on the next series
3: yeah I am I am I'm looking I'm looking forward to seeing what the Bucs are going to do. Okay, they're not going to trade Giannis, obviously, or Drew Holiday, or Chris Middleton, or Bobby Portis. They should re-sign Brooke Lopez. Is it a time for a, leader, a new leader, mm. a leadership change? Like, Boone to dropped the ball a lot throughout this series. We should have called timeouts. He should have made adjustments. He didn't. I wonder what the Bucks go do. I know what I would do.
4: I think I know what you would do as well. That's going to do it for us today. We have some exciting games tomorrow. We have Hawks and the Celtics going down tonight. Celtics
3: better not lose tonight. We'll see you tomorrow.